Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Standing by, this is the conference operator. Welcome to the Endeavor Silver Q1 Financial Results Conference Call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one, on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Galina Melige. Director of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Endeavor Silver 2020 First Quarter Financial Results Conference Call. With me on the line today, we have the company's Chief Executive Officer, Bradford Cook, our Chief Financial Officer, Dan Dixon, and our Chief Operating Officer, Godfrey Walton. Before we get started, I'm required to remind you that certain statements on today's call will contain forward-looking information within the meaning of applicable securities laws. These may include statements regarding Endeavor's anticipated performance in 2020 and future years, including revenue and cost figures, silver and gold production, grades and recoveries, and the timing and expenditures required to develop new silver mines in mineralized zones. We do not intend to and do not assume any obligation to update such forward-looking information other than as required by applicable law. So, on behalf of Endeavor Silver, I'd like to thank you again for joining our call. And I'll now turn it over to our CEO, Brad Cook. Thank you very much, Galina, and uh, welcome everybody to this conference call on our first quarter financials. Um, I'd like to start by pointing out that the numbers released today show that we're not out of the woods yet, but we did make great strides during the first quarter, both in operations and in our financial performance. Let me explain. Uh, From the operational point of view, uh, we were significantly better compared to both the first quarter and the fourth quarter last year. Our Q1 uh, production was actually in general uh, line with our guidance for the year prior to the government mandated suspension of our mining operations. One of the key takeaways in our operational performance was the sharp decline in our cash cost, 37% down year on year. Uh, That reflects primarily the success of our operational turnaround and our transition into higher-grade ore bodies at our largest silver mine, Guanacivi. All in sustaining costs also fell, uh, but only 5%, and that reflects the still elevated uh, sustaining capex that we are investing uh, to achieve a similar turnaround at Bolonitos uh, over the next three months compared to what we achieved already at Guanacivi. I should point out that uh, uh, the significant headline net loss, uh, almost half of that can be attributed to a foreign exchange um, event, basically the 25% depreciation of the Mexican peso devalued both our peso receivables and caused a deferred income tax expense. Um, Other extraordinary items that hit our bottom line include the uh, still elevated care and maintenance costs at our now closed El Cubo mine in Q1, uh, that those costs will decline going forward. Uh, there's really no more severance to be had at, at Kubo, and there's a significant reduction in the security costs coming. 
we we still report high, uh, relatively high, uh, mine depletion due to our short uh, reserve lives, and we're working through our exploration group to try and extend those reserve lives. Uh, Guano Sea has been a success from that point of view. And uh, even though the government shut us down April 1st, um, the government has now declared in Mexico that municipalities with low or no COVID-19 cases can look to start up again May 18th. And since each of our three mines are located in such municipalities, uh, we're now in advanced planning stages to bring our three mines back to production in May. So moving to the first quarter highlights, um, metal production was 857,000 ounces of silver and 8,500 ounces of gold. Uh, at, on an equivalent basis, that's 1.5 million ounces of silver equivalents at an 80 to 1 ratio, about 1.8 million ounces at the current 110 ratio. And that drove about $22 million in revenues. Cash flow and net income, as I pointed out, were negative, primarily due to the significant uh, foreign exchange expense. Balance sheet at the end of the quarter was 15 million cash, 27 million working cap, no long-term liabilities. We have some term loans on equipment. Operating costs, uh, we've basically cleared the quarter with a cash cost of 785 uh, per ounce of payable silver, and the all-in sustaining costs were $18 and change. Uh, a couple more quick highlights from the operations. I've already highlighted that Guanasvi, the turnaround is now complete. We are able to tick that box, and what was our largest money loser last year uh, made a small amount of money on a uh, mine site operating basis in Q1. Uh, moving to the development projects, we do expect in June uh, to release the final optimization of our uh, pre-feasibility study and the economics therein uh, using our in-house expertise as well as an independent engineering firm. So Terranera is uh, advancing steadily and on the exploration front we do have some uh, decent drill news coming from both Guanasvi and Bolanitos. We expect those uh, news releases in the coming month. So those are the highlights of the quarter. And uh, I think now, operator, let's just uh, open it up for Q&A. Will do. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. The first question is from Heiko Illa of H.C. Wainwright. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my questions. Hello, Heiko. Hey there. Hey, this question may be a bit out there, but, I mean, you're talking about higher maintenance costs at uh, El Cubo. How much of a potential, given all the social distancing issues that we're having in the world, is there a way that you can use the workers from Bolomitas to, to take care of some of that maintenance? work and, and thereby save some costs in order to then also create some distancing that you're probably required to do? Yeah. Hey, Iko, it's Dan. I hope all's well. Um, the hey, main Dan. thing in Q Q1 at El Cubo was just getting all the, uh, the fleet effectively maintained, uh, raising the mill in the, in the plant, getting things all cleaned up. We haven't gone to close or anything like that, just kind of putting everything as it is. We also had about $200,000 uh, 
of severance costs and what we spent at El Cubo and depreciation of the plant, light vehicles, um, office and IT equipment. So you'll see that uh, care maintenance costs El Cubo come down significantly going forward. I think we have a staff of about 10 security and 10 individuals, so a total of 20, 25 people there. Um, Guanajuato or Bolonitos and El Cubo are about 45 minutes away, so that's real social distancing in, in that context. And I, ultimately, the key for us at Cubo going forward is just maintaining security at the site and monitoring the tailings facility with the town right there. Uh, but you're, you're talking about $200,000 for next quarter compared to what we just spent for a million dollars. And so that re significant reduction uh, includes a reduction in the security staff as well. Uh, Dan's numbers reflect current numbers, right? Yeah. Um, we are still working diligently to find a, a uh, way to restart Kubo. It does require us to do some land acquisitions and or exploration. And um, it's a work in progress, so nothing to say on that yet, but that's the whole purpose of continuing to keep Kubo on care and maintenance. Maybe I'm the eternal optimist, but I have a feeling that that mine at some point in time will reopen. Um, I don't want to open Pandora's box too much here, but I mean, I'll bring it up since you put it into the third paragraph of your uh, earnings release with almost half the net loss being due to the 25% evaluation of the Mexican pesos. At what point in time, if ever, and the answer might be never, at what point in time would you ever consider hedging you know, some currencies or something just to avoid future large-scale impacts and swings that you know, may get taken a little bit out of context by some folks reading earnings releases? Well, the, the peso devaluation is a good news, bad news. I mean, it hits our assets, but it's great for our costs. So um, you know, we don't mind the lower peso at all. And uh, we would not hedge the peso; it would uh, it would impact our costs. We think the direction of the peso is uh, more and more depreciation relative to the dollar. Okay, so I understand that, but I mean, you might still, at some point in time, things might go the other way for you. And and just because you've won so far doesn't mean you're gonna uh, come out ahead for good, no. Well, that's a fair question uh, from a conceptual point of view, but from a practical point of view, we've been in Mexico 16 years and the peso has gone in one direction and one direction only. <laughs> it was 10 to 1 in 2003. It's 25 to 24 to 1 right now. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you, guys. I'll get back in queue. Okay. Thanks for your questions. The next question is from Joseph Rieger of Roth Capital Partners. Please go ahead. Morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my questions as well. <clears throat> I guess uh, maybe following on uh, Heigo's uh, questions about currency, what percentage of your total cost do you think benefit from the weaker peso going forward? Yeah, Dan, thanks, Joe, for the question. 30% of our costs are directly tied to labor and our cost of sales. So, um, 25% reduction in our labor costs for the foreseeable future uh, can be built in pretty quickly. And then of the remaining 70% of costs, about half of that comes from sourced out of Mexico and tied to the Mexican peso. Uh, eventually, you'll see uh, those costs adjust a lot quicker than what typically you'd see from a labor standpoint. 
Uh, but we generally, we're expecting about 45 to 50% of our costs to be affected by the depreciation of the peso. Okay. So, so in a sense, by Q3, if we stay at this level, we could be looking at, you know, a 10 to 12% reduction in costs. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and keep in mind that most of the depreciation was in the last two weeks of March, so it hit our hit our assets right away, but it hasn't hit our costs yet. It's just hitting our costs now. Okay. Um, then on the COVID-19 front, what should we expect as far as capital spending in Q2? I mean, given you guys spend almost half the quarter with your minds shut down, uh, I, I would anticipate it's a lower capital spend in that the, the guide at the beginning of the year for capital spending has probably been reduced in general as well, right? Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, for the quarter, I mean, ultimately, we still have all the mine development and the plants that we had. Uh, everything's just going to be delayed by six weeks to seven weeks. Um, so in Q1, we spent or had total additions of about $9 million. Uh, In Q2, it'll probably be closer to five just because of the delay of six, seven weeks. Okay. Um then uh, shifting gears a bit, Iguanas V royalties as a percent of revenue kind of spiked in Q4 last of uh, last year, and they stayed elevated um, in Q1 of this year. Um, is that a reflection of mining from an area where you guys pay a higher royalty? Um, is that just some kind of you know short-term issue, or is there something else at work there? No, you're exactly right, Joe. Uh, it's Brad here. Uh, we have a new um, property uh, last year called El Curso and a new discovery that we developed in Q4 and have been producing since late last year. And that particular property has uh, quite a high royalty on it to a Mexican group, um, whereas the other portions of the Guanosfi operating unit have much, much lower royalties. So it's just that. We did put an emphasis in Q1 on mining the El Cristo area simply because it's got phenomenally higher grades. But we do also have in our plan this year uh, to go back to a, a more reasonable mix of Cristo versus other ores. Milache, um, for instance, uh, we're just about caught up on the mine development, so it should be able to do more percentage tons to the plant going forward. And Santa Cruz Sur uh, also is... Uh, in the advanced stages now of development and should also do a higher contribution going forward. Maybe not in Q2, but uh, because we basically spent seven weeks standing still, but certainly Q3 and onwards. Okay, uh, that, that's helpful. And then last thing, um, I know you guys uh, used a little bit of the ATM in Q1, a little more to start Q2. What's left available to you guys on that? Uh, we filed a new base shelf. Uh, you would have seen in April 27th it got finalized. That sterilized the remaining amount on that ATM, which was about $500,000. So that ATM program is now over. Okay. Uh, that's helpful. Thanks, guys. Oh, you're welcome. The next, the next question is from Chris Thompson of PI Financial. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my questions. Uh, yeah, look, tough quarter. Um, got a couple of um, maybe tough questions here. Um, firstly, the standby costs, I guess, for the three operating mines. Um, Dan, you said $5 million is uh, for, the, uh, for the Q2. Is that what we can anticipate the cost to be? 
That's not cost. That was capital expenditures for QT. So, on in our original guidance for 2020, total capital spend for 2020 was going to be 32 million dollars. In Q1, we spent nine. Uh, Joe's question just asked how much would our cost of capital or we're going to spend on capital in, in Q2. And typically, that 32 is going to be split pretty evenly through the year. So, eight eight to nine million dollars a quarter. And just because we've been shut down for six, seven weeks this quarter, uh, I don't see that spend being larger than the $5 million just for Q2. But that we still need to get to that 32, and maybe that goes into 2021 a little bit, Chris. But um, that that won't change because of COVID. We still have our mine development programs that we have to get done and get accelerated so we can maintain these production levels. Okay, thanks for the clarification on that. Um, just looking at, I guess, one of the end, by the way, congratulations for bringing down those costs. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Santa Cruz here, uh, Malachi um, coming on stream. You did mention, I guess, in your text, uh, P4E was behind plan. I'm just trying to understand what component of mill feed is that? Is that minor or major? So yeah, we'll need to explain that. We use in-house the extension of the Porvenir Quattro ore body onto the El Crystal property. We call that ore body P4E, Porvenir Quattro extension. Uh, and maybe in Q4 it was still under development, but uh, I don't think we referred to that one being behind plan. Uh, no, maybe SCS, maybe Santa Cruz Sur. Santa Cruz Sur, we're slightly behind from a development standpoint, and that just reflected that in March when we saw a silver dip into the 12 handle, we focused on increasing production from El Curso, which has higher gold grades and higher silver grades, um, and then just kind of moved away from Santa Cruz. So we'll pick up the development again at Santa Cruz, and ultimately what we're looking for, what we originally were looking for, and depending where prices go, was basically a third of our production coming from Santa Cruz Sur, a third coming from Malachi, and a third coming from El Curso. And what we've never had in the past, or I shouldn't say never, what we haven't had in the recent past at Guanas Chris, is just that flexibility. So as soon as we got stuck in one area, we weren't hitting our, our tonnage. And in Q1, we were just short of 1,000 tons per day, and our goal is to get up to 1,200 tons per day. So having Santa Cruz Sur uh, catch up from development allows us to hit the 1,200 tons per day uh, for the next eight months, so to speak. Okay, thanks for that. Thanks. Um, and just remind us, what, are, what, what sort of turnaround time were you looking for for Bolanidos and, and El Compass? I mean, they are somewhat delayed, I get it, but... Uh, you know, obviously, hopefully following the same track as uh, as one as to V, but uh, maybe quantify the turnaround time there for us. Yeah, we started the turnaround at Guanas V after the first quarter last year, so it took basically a year. Uh, we started the turnaround at Bolanitos in Q3 last year, and it will take about a year. So, of course, this quarter was pretty much discounted, but we do expect to break through in Q3. Right, okay. I'm, I'm looking at the depreciating. I'm looking at the uh, the dwindling cash position right now, and I'm I'm a little concerned you might not have the luxury of time here for this turnaround. I mean, you know, what, at what point do you actually maybe just start it back and and uh, and just live off one uh, of the? I know it's a tough question, but I have to answer. Ask it. No, that's a fair question, Chris. Um, I think you'll see, and once you get through the numbers with Q1, uh, Balneo's cost per ton came down to $68.25 or even $68.50, uh, which is an improvement, and we can get lower from that standpoint. And what 
Ball and Eagles was short on was tons this quarter. And the idea, I think we came in around 87,000 tons, and we want to be up around the 100,000 is, is in the plan. Ultimately, we have two areas. One, San Miguel, which we discovered last year. We got about 300 meters more development in there to get that to full capacity and be really contributing at Bolognitos. So we're not far away there. And then we also have a, a vein we call Medaito, which is about 300 meters away from working. So it needs some development to get in there, but will give us flexibility and get be able to get into the above the 1,000 tons per day to the 1,200 tons per day later this year. So as Brad's touched on it, so we're about three months away from seeing Balnitos turn around. We've done a good job from a cost standpoint. Now it just means getting these tons to where it historically has been. We're not that far. So that's why we expect hopefully by Q3, um, in middle of Q3, just because of the delay of, like I say, with the COVID delay, uh, but Balneos is a lot closer to the turnaround, and it's it's just hitting that tonnage output now. And if I could add, Chris, that uh, uh, you know the cash costs are already down at Bolanitos, and the reason is that the operational turnaround, the changes in management, the uh, change of mine method, the addition of new equipment, all of that's had an impact. But we still have elevated capital investing, uh, which is the accelerated mine development at San Miguel and uh, and Mayadito. Um, that 300 meters remaining to do at San Miguel is not to get to the ore. We're already at the ore. Now we have to drive sills and, and raises and ramps, and then it's, it'll be fully ready for production. So not that not that much time left to, and not much, that much capital investment left to to get Bolonitos, uh get that up and running in the proper way. On the second part of your question with regards to El Compass, maybe it's not as easy to see for Compass. It's, Compass is a very small uh, mine a contributor for us with it being a million silver ounces and costs were elevated in Q1. We made a change. We've, we've been moving from contractors to employees. So we did onboarding and training in March and, and got rid of the contractor that was mining underground. Our, and our mine tons actually dipped significantly in March, but we expect that to come back up now that our, our staff was all in place and ready to go. Uh, so hopefully here in late May we can get going and we can ramp up relatively quickly at Compass. And if we can hit the tons and, and grade and then our costs should, we again, seeing things that it's hard to see in Q1, but those costs are going to come down significantly with the contractors out of the mine. Right, okay, thanks. And then Dan, maybe the final question for you here. Um, you know, your uh, your equipment leases and loans, um, um, did you push those out uh, by three by three months? Um, uh, I yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We have eleven and a half million of total equipment loans, and it's all to do with the turnaround and, and uh, refreshing our fleet. And we went to Sambic, and just to be careful, at the start of the COVID nineteen and the shutdown April first, the government had come out and said shut down until April thirtieth. But as we've seen globally. Uh, those goalposts have continued to change, and we want just to protect ourselves. So with Sandvik, we approached them immediately, and they're very happy to work with us on it. And we just delayed principal payments by three months, so we didn't have to pay any of that until August, and it just gives us a little bit of flexibility. Now, I think we're probably being too conservative. Those are in place now as is, and with us hopefully getting going here May 18th, we'll be fine. But at the time, you're looking for any alternatives to save cash in case this would have gone through the summer in Mexico. Thank you very much. Thanks for your questions. The next question is from Craig Hutchinson of TD Bank. Please go ahead. 
Hi guys, thanks for taking my call. I think most of my questions have been answered, but I'm just wondering, once you guys get the green light from the Mexican government to go ahead and restart these operations, how long do you think it's going to take to kind of get you back up to, to full run capacity? Godfrey, if you're on the line, you want to handle that one? Sure. Greg, thanks for your question. Um, we are doing a little bit of prep work to uh, make the uh, startup a little bit faster, but I think it's going to be probably, say, three weeks to uh, to get up and, and running properly. Um, you know, we 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 have a few uh, maintenance issues that we've taken care of during the shutdown, and um, so Guanajuato should come up very very quickly. But Bolinitos and uh, Compass should be probably the the slower ones coming up. So Compass maybe uh, maybe more like uh, three weeks to four weeks. Bolinitos probably two to four, and uh, Guanajuato I think it'll be up and running in in about two weeks. Okay, perfect. And then just following up on the, the question on the ATM, I know you guys mentioned that the new shelf sterilized the old ATM. Are you now able to access the new financing ATM, or is that still the base shelf? Yeah, the base shelf space. We haven't put in a prospectus supplement on a new ATM program to date, or so okay. you have to file a new prospectus to get a new ATM in place. Okay, so that's not in place at the moment. Okay. Thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for your questions. The next question is from Bhakti Pavani of Alliance Global Partners. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my questions. Uh, I just have a couple of questions. Uh, with, you know, considering the ramp up time frame, uh, you know, at each of the individual mines, uh, once the restrictions have been lifted, during that time, do you have any stockpiles currently on site uh, that maybe you can process while you ramp up production? Uh, thanks for your question, Bakhti. It's Brad. And uh, maybe I'll defer to Godfrey on this one. Uh, hi, Bakhti. Uh, thanks for the question. Um, <clears throat> yes, we do have a about 15,000 tons of uh, stockpile material at uh, Guanajuato. And... Um, so we're, we'll be uh, processing that uh, very quickly, and uh, we're also um, we have stockpiles, smaller stockpiles at Bolanitos and at uh, Compass, so that we will be using those to um, to start up the the plants and uh, and then uh, the the development that we're doing ahead of ahead of. Um, <clears throat> Fully ramping up will uh, will help to supply the tons uh, as we go forward from there. Got it. Uh, and second question is from the cost uh, standpoint. Uh, you know, once the operations open up, uh, do you expect to incur any additional cost in order to comply or mitigate with the safety measures due to COVID? Uh, hi, this is Godfrey again. I, I we don't expect. Uh, a lot of extra costs. There will be some, um, but um, we implemented a, a number of, of uh, you know, temperature checking and uh, disinfecting and cleaning. So it's it's added a little bit, but in in the overall scheme of things, it's not a lot and not significant. Okay, that's it from my side. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sakti. 
This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Brad Cook for any closing remarks. Uh, thanks, operator, and thank you all for listening in today. Um, again, not out of the woods yet, but uh, good progress in the quarter, um, ahead of schedule on Guanasavi, and uh, even though we had to, to shut down in uh, Q1, or sorry, Q2, uh, and we'll get a, a latish start, uh, you know, mid-late May for the three operations is what we're anticipating. Um, you know, I think Bolanitos within the next three months of operations will also show uh, the, the turning of the corner that we have previously forecasted. So I think operationally um, it's a work in progress, but uh, uh, we've been able to tick the Guanosfi box and we fully expect to tick the Bolanitos blocks uh, this summer. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled for news coming up in May-June. Uh, we have good drill results coming from Guanacivi, good drill results coming from Bolanitos, and uh, a final pre-feasibility update on Terranera. So with that, uh, operator, let's uh, finish the call. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.